I think engaging your senses is something that allows us to feel more, you know, more present and more energized and, and more awake. And I think there's something to be said for that, you know, and if you need to buy essential oils and go to the spa to do that, then I think that's super valid. souls you're listening to never wear boring socks i'm maria ramsey and i'm anna barnard and today's episode is all about self-care fads and trends but before we get into that i would like to ask you maria what socks are you wearing today what an excellent question anna i'm wearing a pair of black ankle socks that on first glance would appear boring They're a little bit more interesting than your average black ankle socks because they have an interesting sort of pattern in the stitching. So they're a little stripey-ish. And the reason I'm wearing these socks today, I would have chosen a pair of socks probably specifically for this episode since it's warm and summery and I wouldn't really be wearing socks. Except I did put on socks this morning because I'm house-sitting for a friend who has chickens and I had to go out and collect the eggs and check in on the chickens this morning outside so and it's raining so I put on my socks so so that's the story with my socks today very nice what about your socks Anna what are you wearing I'm also wearing some ankle socks they're some nice stripy smart wool socks they're kind of like teal and yellow and green and I picked these socks because they're kind of good, like outdoorsy socks. And it's a nice day out. And it hasn't been nice recently. It's been really rainy this weekend. So I want to kind of get outside today. So I put these on in preparation for some outdoor activity. Very nice. Do you yep. have some particular outdoor activity planned? I think I'm going to try to go for a run, but it might mm. be more of a run walk. Yeah, <laughs> but that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, all of my runs are run walks. Yes, <laughs> so I approve. Yes, so that is the plan right now. All right. Shall we get into our discussion of I think trendy we get self-care? Into our discussion. Yeah. So I am wondering, to start off this discussion, I'm wondering, Anna, why do you think self-care is so trendy right now? Um, I mean, on one hand, yeah, there's a lot of kind of like marketing and uh, stuff like that that's going around like that's happening around self-care because people are taking advantage of the fact that it's this trend. But I also think underlying all of that, the fact that self-care is trending speaks to the fact that we need self-care, you know? So it's kind of like a balance between the two, you know, not just doing it for like the Instagram picture or whatever, but actually doing it for yourself. But I think the fact that it is trendy means that, more people are realizing, oh, I need to take time to take care of myself. And the culture that we live in hasn't necessarily supported that the past few decades or so. And so now I need to make time for that. Yeah, I really agree with what you said. I like how you articulated that of the fact that a lot of kind of marketers and people who are selling things are kind of taking advantage of this trend and I do think that's part of the reason it's become so trendy is because of the commercial side of self-care mm-hmm. like the more people who are making money off of it the more press it gets but also at the same time I agree with you that there's a really important reason why we need it right now and why it's become so trendy for a lot of people and why it's become so important for a lot of people Because I think the lifestyles that we're living right now, we've talked about this before, 
And it's sort of a cliche, but a lot of us are living really fast-paced lives that don't necessarily support our well-being and lives that where it's inconvenient to stop and take care of yourself and to stop and feel your feelings. So I think that's one aspect of why we really need it right now. And then I also think that we, especially as women, but probably a lot of other people as well, often tend to put other people first and it seems selfish to take care of yourself. And I know this is something that a lot of people talk about in terms of self-care, but the fact that we really do need to take care of ourselves in order to be our best selves to the people and the rest of the world around us. Most definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's super true that especially for women, um, but again, for all kinds of people, there's a, no matter what position you're in, there's a certain pressure to, put people before yourself, which on one hand is a good thing. You know, it's good to take care of other people, but and to not then be we too neg- selfish. Right. Right. Um, but there's like this balance in which we can't neglect ourselves because I think something that's that also something helpful that self care has taught us is that when we fail to take care of ourselves, then it's harder for us to actually take care of others who we mm-hmm. need to take care of too. So self-care doesn't just help ourselves. It helps other people. Um, but something else that I wanted to, to address that you had talked about in regards to how fast paced our lives can get, I think something that underlies this idea of self-care is just the idea of like pausing, mm, um, yeah. and taking a break from things, which on one hand sounds so easy and simple, but again, the way that we live our lives with, um, being pretty fast paced, being driven by productivity, the idea of taking a break um, is really kind of that's kind it's of kind of radical. Alien, yeah, it's kind of an alien idea to us. Um, it's not intuitive for a lot of people, um, and I think one way that the reason why self care has become a trend is because, you know, we are looking for ways to take breaks, but we're still, we still feel like we can't necessarily just take a break and like not do anything. We need to do like something. So there's Mm -hmm. still like this sort of activity we can do or something that seems to be marketing towards us and is like the right thing to do, then people will latch onto that more. And so I I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it's become so trendy as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be right. And another thing that I've thought about in terms of why, excuse me, it's so trendy. Well, this is going back to something you already said, but the fact that it's, it is something that you can sell kind of, like you can't actually, you can't sell self-care exactly, but you can sell the tools for it, Mm -hmm. which can actually be really, really useful depending on what your preferred form of self-care is. But I think it's also important to remember that it's not necessary. And this is something that we've come back to so many times about how like we get so preoccupied with the newest wellness fads and trends and all these like fancy superfoods we need to be eating and fancy practitioners we need to go see. And then we neglect the things that are accessible to almost all of us, like sleep and breathing and water (laughs) (laughs) right which honestly you know that seems so basic but actually we do neglect those things a lot right (laughs) so going back to the basics you know there's something to be said for that and that's something that you can't sell to people yeah and another thing that I think about in terms of self-care is I think that this could be something we get into later when we're talking about actual forms of self-care but taking away things that are getting in our way is Mm. a form of self-care. It's not all about adding things in. Mm. I think it's about boundaries a lot of the time and boundaries on your time and your space and what you want to let into that time and space and what you don't. Yeah, that's a really good point. And again, I think that kind of goes against this trend because a lot of the trend has become this kind of uh, marketed product sort of thing 
mm-hmm. which inherently means, you know, yeah, we're adding something into our routine. Um, and I think I know that that's been ingrained in me too. You know, when I'm looking for a solution to something, instead of going back to the basics, I'll like look for apps on my phone, you yeah. know, or I'll look for yeah. products online that are going to be like a quick fix because I think that's also just part of the way we've been programmed is to look for external ways to take care of ourselves and to satisfy ourselves. And I think the self-care industry has kind of jumped on that, you know, Mm -hmm. but there is something to be said for just kind of going inward, taking a break and getting away from those other products and things, you know, and actually taking a break from those and really just making time for yourself that is separate from you know, a kind of culture of consumerism. Yeah. And I don't think that means that those things are all bad either. Like maybe you do have apps that you really like that are actually really helpful for you. If you have a meditation app or something, or you have some skincare product that you just love using, it makes you really happy every time you use it or something. But I, I think, like you said, it's important to just realize that we, that doesn't always need to be our first reaction or our only reaction totally one option yeah no and I'm in the same boat like I have um apps that I rely on I have different practices that I rely on that require certain tools in fact I probably could do a lot better at trying to just kind of use my own resources rather than trying to search for external ones because I think sometimes mm-hmm. that's what I need more you know and I think I think this is going to be a reminder for me as well as other people to kind of tune into myself a little more with what I need yeah well since we're talking about self-care trends today Anna are there <coughs> excuse me something in my throat today. <laughs> <Are> there, <laughs> what have you noticed in terms of self-care trends recently? Um, I feel like a lot of the reason why self-care, why that has kind of taken off and the reason why it's thriving is because there's like this Instagram culture around it. <laughs> That's um, so true. You know, and so, so like weird on, to acknowledge, yeah, but true. Like on one hand, it's the fact that there are things you can buy and people want to buy them, but even more so that's supported by the fact that not only are you buying them, but you get to like share them and like feel, mm-hmm. you know, um like almost like the self-care aspect is coming from like gratification that you did the self-care and you shared it with other people you know and so the idea of like posting a picture of yourself with like a face mask on or something um I really like it when people post about self-care ideas that maybe aren't necessarily as on trend Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think there's on one hand, there's the trendiness of it that's purely like the consumer side of it, of just buying things. And then there's the trendiness of it that is like the sharing it. And sometimes they intersect and sometimes they act independently. You know, sometimes it's just mm-hmm. buying the things and not sharing it. Or sometimes it's sharing your self-care practices that has nothing to do with this like consumer culture. It's like, oh, I like put on my old pajamas and laid in bed all day, but I'm sharing, you know what I mean? So there's like, there's like a balance between those two. Um, But I would say, I think something trendy or that I see a lot of like Instagram posts on would be like cosmetic sort of things. Yeah. Like face masks and bubble baths and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think mindfulness has been kind of linked into the self care thing and, it's kind of a buzzword right now in a good way, but it is a trend and there's always the question of if it's going to downtrend or not. And I think because of that, there's this idea of like self-help books regarding mindfulness or meditation or journaling. And there's all these people who are creating like journals that have prompts and things like that Mm -hmm. that can kind of help you out, you know, rather than just like buying a blank notebook, it's like buy this mindfulness journal that is going to help you be more mindful, things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if you have anything to add on to that. I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the, excuse me, the Instagram trend thing. Cause I, I think that really has contributed definitely to the trendiness Mm -hmm. of self-care and of particular kinds of self-care. And that's, 
that's true that a lot of people are using it to kind of promote or share certain products or like things that are part of the commercial side of self-care. And I also don't think that's always a bad thing either. Like there are some really cool companies who are, I think, making a positive impact and making products that are helpful. Mm -hmm. And there are, I mean, there's the whole like world of social media influencers and that's like literally how they're supporting themselves is by sharing products that they like. And I don't want to stop people from making money to support themselves, (laughs) but there is definitely a darker side to that too. Yeah. Where there's a lot of comparison involved and feeling like you have to do self-care in a certain way or like you have to have these certain things in order to do self-care, which is kind of what we were hinting at earlier. Right. And that's, I think that's an important thing to, Yeah. yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's definitely a trend that I've noticed too. And sort of the, like the aesthetic side of self-care and like, I don't know, which for me also, that's one aspect of self-care for me is making things pleasing to my senses, including my eyes. That doesn't necessarily mean I have to post it on Instagram. I usually don't. But yeah, there's like another layer when you share that and not just when you make it beautiful for yourself. Yeah. Well, and speaking of aesthetics, I think that's really manifest in those social media posts and stuff, because I notice people who post about it seems like there's like a like a color palette associated. Oh, there 100 percent is, you know. Um, yeah. The like it's like clean and bright and white like with like blush pink and teal <laughs> and like some whites and creams and like right. little, like gold. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, very stereotypically girly. But like in a okay, classy this way. This is something else I was thinking of too, because I, I know that's the other thing. I feel like self care is very trendy and very feminine. Yes, um, I think you're right. And I don't know if that's because women want some sort of outlet to like express their femininity more, um, and maybe self care is a way to do that, and so it's filling that need. You know, I like I wonder why that is the case because I think it like it successfully draws a lot of women to it but then there's the question of what do people who don't want to indulge that feminine side do for self-care you know yeah. and I think that's where like the trend might not serve everyone right um so then what do you do about that yeah and I think it also could have to do the fact that we talked a little bit about this earlier how women especially I think are maybe more in need of a reminder to practice self-care just because historically that has not been encouraged. And I think we learn a lot of things from our past and from our ancestors and previous generations. So we've sort of carried over a lot of that sort of like the shame involved in taking care of yourself and taking time for yourself and feeling like that's somehow not right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think also in terms of like the commercial aspect of self-care, probably a lot of those companies making self-care stuff are, I don't know, targeting their women as ideal clients because they're more likely to buy these things. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think that it's definitely serving a particular population, most of these self-care trends. And then there's a lot of people who are, probably feeling left out from that yeah this is making me think of um how self-care differs from leisure um Mm, because i think interesting like historically leisure has been kind of like the counterpart of self-care and the you know now it's like self-care but it used to be leisure and i Mm. think leisure also had this like class aspect of it where maybe now self-care has both a class and this gendered aspect yeah. to it. Um, and But it's also making me think of how self-care is actually quite different from leisure in the sense that self-care is usually like a very quick thing. Um, it's meant to be able to take short breaks during your day oftentimes, you know, um, in order to fit that 
that self-care in, whereas leisure, I think, served kind of a self-care purpose um, in the way that it was it allowed you to take a break. But it was usually for a more prolonged period of time. You know, it was like going to see a film or spending time with people or going out um, and doing some sort of like recreational thing, whereas self-care is like slap on this face mask while I'm going to like look at social media for 20 minutes and then like I got to get back to work. You know, mm. and that's not always the case. But I think that, again, speaks to, you know, how the times have changed and how there isn't, you know, it's it's almost surprising that there's not this demand for leisure, but there is a demand for self-care. And I think that speaks to the fact that there's still not a lot of space and time for people to take breaks in their lives as much as we're trying to make that happen. Yeah, I think that's true. And I do think there's some overlap there. Like you said, leisure can serve a self-care purpose, like going to a movie or doing some recreational activity can be a form of Mm self-care. But definitely the the trendier side of self-care, like you said, is maybe a little bit more quick fixes and face masks. (laughs) Although there's also the side that's like, like a self-care night where you like spend the whole evening pampering yourself and watching a funny movie on Netflix or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it it varies. Definitely. No, that's a good point. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's drawing my attention to how like self-care and leisure and class and gender and all that stuff is playing into Mm -hmm. it and how that's kind of evolved over the years I don't know and like why is it so on trend now and I think there are various factors that speak to that you know yeah I agree well and then in terms of getting back to what self-care trends we've noticed went on a little tangent there but that's okay um (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you I think a lot of as we do that's the point of podcasts isn't it Exactly. The podcasts that I like to listen to anyway, they're always tangents. Um, I do I do feel like a lot of the self-care trends that I've noticed have been, like you said, sort of cosmetic focused or like things that you would do in a spa, like facials or like getting your nails done um, or taking baths. And... I think, and that also, I think it goes along with, there's always like candles involved, candles and essential oils and things that smell nice. And I think that one of the things that is valuable about that particular family of self-care trends is, one, it is caring for your physical body in a pretty tangible way. Like you're showing your body some or your face some love and care and attention that it might not get otherwise, which I think is valuable. Um, And I also think a lot of those things engage your senses in a really beautiful way that we also don't necessarily do throughout the day that I think can be really nourishing. Like the feeling of being in water for a long time for myself, I know, is very nourishing, like taking a bath. I don't really take baths, but... But I do think I do like being in water and they're in not speaking very clearly. (laughs) (laughs) And then like putting a face mask on your face There's the way that that feels on your skin and then the way your skin feels afterwards and the way the candle smells or the way that your skincare products smell. And for me, engaging my senses is a a really important aspect of self-care and slowing down. Yeah. And I think there's something really indulgent about those things Mm -hmm. that that's something that I think is really fun and almost radical about self-care is that it's an sometimes it can be very self-indulgent. And it it reminds me of the whole like treat yourself thing from Parks and Rec. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and I think like that is so uh, so out of out of our like what we're programmed to think, you know, again, going back to that idea of, of not necessarily taking time for ourselves and making time for other people, you know? And so indulging in ourselves on like a regular basis, I think is something that is exciting. And yeah, there's something really pleasing about those activities and yeah. Mm -hmm. Engaging your senses is something that 
is fun, but it does take care of yourself, you know, because I think engaging your senses is something that allows us to feel more, you know, more present and more energized and, and more awake. And I think there's something to be said for that, you know, Mm -hmm. and if you need to buy essential oils and go to the spa to do that, then I think that's super valid. Mm hmm. And if you don't need to do that, that doesn't make your self-care any less self-carey. Like maybe you just want to go outside and smell a flower or take a bath in your home. And that's totally fine, too. Right. So I guess in terms of other self-care trends that I've noticed, definitely, like you said, mindfulness seems to be part of it. I think there are definitely a lot of apps about mindfulness and journals, like you said, focused on this and meditation is kind of trendy right now. And I do think these are yoga too. Yeah. And working out also is something that is on my list of self-care trends that I've noticed. And yoga is maybe somewhere in between mindfulness and exercise. Um, And I think... I think there are a lot of valuable things about all of those too. sort of the slowing down and self-awareness and body awareness when it comes to yoga and some forms of meditation that we don't always take the time for in our daily lives. And also taking care of our physical bodies in an especially tangible way when it's exercising or moving our bodies. But I think even taking care of our bodies is a benefit of meditation and journaling because getting stuck in your head and your thoughts can manifest as things in your body that are not necessarily good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on what thoughts you're having. For sure. I think what's also exciting about self care is Usually when we think of like wellness and taking care of ourselves in a traditional sense, it involves, you know, like eating well and exercising mm-hmm. or taking medication that's going to help you. And those are all good, necessary things. But I think self-care in a way speaks to the fact of like of our mental and emotional needs Yeah, um, in a way that just like working out doesn't I mean working out is mm-hmm. is really helpful for mental health too but the idea that being able to just sit down and take a break is actually beneficial for us and in a holistic way too I think it's also not just your mental and emotional health but again the fact that your mental and emotional health is tied to your physical health I think self-care actually does a pretty good job at recognizing that in a way that mm-hmm. maybe other wellness trends in the past haven't and you know the idea of lighting a candle and taking a break and meditating that is good for your senses and good for your mind. But because you're taking care of your mind, that's going to help you feel more healthy in your physical body too. And so I think, I think there's something that's really, um, really, really nice and, um, really helpful about that. Yeah. Well, and I think, This is coming back to the idea of engaging our senses and the idea of pleasure when it comes to self-care, because I do think that exercising and eating can be forms of self-care. But when I think about like eating or moving as a form of self-care, as opposed to a thing I need to do for my health, I think about it more from the lens of what would feel really good and pleasurable to my body, to my senses right now. Like, how can I create a meal that feels really nourishing on a sensory level as well? How can I create something that looks beautiful, that tastes really delicious, and not just, I need to have some leafy greens and protein and healthy fats. Right. Or in terms of moving my body, what kind of movement would feel really good right now, as opposed to just what, what do I... What should I be doing? Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. No, so I think that's one of the really big benefits of self-care. Yeah, is that it mm-hmm. speaks to pleasure and 
sensory engagement and stuff like that. And I th- I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that is something that we've neglected for a long time. And so I going back to that is, I think, really exciting. Um, but that brings us into the idea that we don't necessarily have to do the trendy things in order to achieve those effects of, of pleasure and sensory engagement. Yeah. And I do think going back to what you said, that it is something we've neglected for a long time. I don't think that in our culture, that's, I don't know, maybe it's changing, but a lot of the times that's sort of looked down upon as something that's not as important as productivity or I don't know, efficiency, like pleasure is lower down on the list. And again, I think maybe especially for women, there's like a certain shame around pleasure and that probably has to do with sexuality too. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of other forms of pleasure that we can experience too. Yeah. It's a good question. And I think it speaks to the fact that a lot of us are so like future oriented, I think, you Mm -hmm. know, we're going to work and produce things so that we can feel accomplished later on or, um, have something to look back on, you know, or have something that's going to make us money that supports us in the future. But there's something about self-care and pleasure that's like very in the moment. Yes. Um, which I think also speaks to this mindfulness idea. And so, that's the other thing that the reason why pleasure, I think seeking pleasure is kind of like counterintuitive to some of us is because mm-hmm. there's this like sense of taking care of yourself now. That's not going to be like a payoff later on. I mean, it will be in the fact that you'll feel good, but there's not any sort of like, Oh, I'm making this. So then I'll feel fulfilled or whatever. You know, it, it's very mm-hmm. like meeting your basic needs in the moment um, and taking care of yourself. And there's something I think really nourishing about that. Yeah. Um, I think also that speaks to this pattern that I think a lot of us have about sort of delaying pleasure and gratification Mm -hmm. in favor of getting stuff done and being productive. And to some extent, that's a useful skill to be able to delay gratification. Definitely. Cause you, like if you're always just doing whatever feels good in the moment, ultimately that might not be the most fulfilling thing. But I think you have to balance that with the understanding that taking care of yourself in the present and feeling pleasure in the present moment also has benefits. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of your favorite self-care rituals that aren't necessarily trendy or some things you think could help that maybe don't require us going out to buy something necessarily. Mm -hmm. Well, something I kind of mentioned this earlier, but something that I've been thinking about in terms of self-care is something that actually one of my housemates pointed out to me. I should find out where she read this. I don't know where it was, but she had read somewhere that a form of self-care is using our strengths. Somebody had that idea. And this has been a really interesting concept for me to think about. And going back to our episode, we did an episode on beauty a while ago, and I talked about how beauty is one of my core values and appreciating beauty is one of my strengths. And I I really do feel like surrounding myself with beauty, whether that's beauty outside in nature or going to an art gallery where I see really beautiful things or just creating a beautiful meal for myself I do find deeply nourishing I don't know if that idea resonates with you at all Anna in terms of using your strengths as a form of self-care that's really interesting um yeah I mean I think there's something fulfilling and nourishing about like acting on your strengths and, and it almost feels like fulfilling some kind of potential maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it's also, I think what's what the self care aspect of that is, is like 
self-affirmation in a way it's like it's like allowing yourself to take pride in and exercise and and hone your strengths which i think is self-indulgent in a way Mm -hmm. and so i think that is the element of it that um kind of speaks to the self-care thing does that make sense yeah it does and i think appreciating and recognizing certain things about yourself yeah is right is a very caring thing to do towards yourself that we don't often do yeah no i really like that i really like that i think that's super interesting um you know saying like well i'm good at i mean just recognizing that you're good at something i think on one hand just that basic affirmation is an act of self-care but then actually saying like i'm gonna you know, act on that and be proud mm-hmm. of the fact that I right. am good at this and, and, you know, use my strengths in a way that helps me, um, continues that act of self-care. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I think that's a really nice idea. And related to that, something else that I have been thinking about is the, the care that I put into m- the space around me and that being a form mm. of self-care, which can look like buying things to decorate your space if you wanted to. But I also just think just like putting a lot of thought into what you actually want in your space and what you don't want there. Again, that goes back to kind of boundaries and what is worth your space in this case. What what do you really want to be taking up space in your life and in your home? And just creating an environment that feels really beautiful and nourishing around you that can help you thrive, I think is really, for me, is really impactful. Yeah. And that can also be as basic as not necessarily decorating your space, but just cleaning your space too. Yes. You know, that's feeling less cluttered. Um, and yeah, that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't require any additional things. That's simply making room making physical space so that you can feel like you have a little more mental space. Yeah. And getting rid of stuff too. Yeah. So that you have less, there's less possibility that your space is going to get cluttered. If you remove all the things that are not actually really very useful or that you don't really love that much, or maybe don't serve the same function that they used to in your life. Yeah, no, getting rid of stuff that doesn't serve you anymore can be really cathartic, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, on the level of just making room for other stuff, but also acknowledging that you are like, moving on from something that doesn't serve you anymore and accepting new things that are going to serve you. I think there's this acknowledgement that like, you're ready to be more responsive to something new. And I think that is yourself too. Yeah. And I'm thinking about this a lot right now. Like I said, I'm house-sitting right now. I said that at the beginning of the episode, so I'm not in my space right now, but I I have a really strong desire to clear out a lot of stuff from my space that I feel like I don't need anymore. We talked last episode about change and sort of navigating changes and how that affects our lives, and I, I think another... Uh, form of self-care as we go through changes can be, like you said, removing the things that no longer serve us, that maybe were an important part of our life a year ago or maybe even a week ago, but not anymore. And just honoring those changes. Yeah, for sure. I really like how you articulated that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a few other ideas for other self-care things, but what about you, Anna? Um, Do you have any thoughts? Something that comes back to me that is super counterintuitive to me, but I think that's really important, is doing nothing. Yes. That's Um, on my list, too. (laughs) um, Which seems like I just feel like we always feel the need to be doing something. And if we're doing nothing, it's like, oh, like that's wasted time. But it's not always wasted time, you know? And... There were a couple times this past semester when I just like laid on my floor in my dorm room (laughs) or maybe like did a few yoga poses on the floor or something. But like there's something really nice about that. And 
it's it's not and it's not always even about the not doing something it's about allowing yourself to not do something and saying like this moment is like there's no pressure on yourself in this moment you know like taking yourself out of whatever else you're doing i think is a like a really big blessing that you can bestow on yourself um so that's one thing mm-hmm. that I think people totally overlook, but has a lot of value to it. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. It's very valuable. And also, I think making time for our hobbies is a big one. Mm-hmm. I know that um, for a lot of people, you know, we have passions outside of our work. And when we neglect those things, that can leave us feeling really kind of empty and hollow you know or Mm -hmm. or like something's missing and I think making time to do that makes us feel more connected to ourselves and to what we feel really you know makes us feel alive and I think taking care of yourself in that way is important too yeah I agree yeah What, what about you do you have any other ideas I have a couple other thoughts. Actually, I have lots of other thoughts, but I only want to say a couple of them today because <laughs> we don't need to go into everything all at once. We'll come back to the idea of self-care, I'm sure. Uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me. One other thing that I... Two things that I want to say. The first is feeling your feelings as a form of self-care. I think... I mentioned this earlier, but it's so easy when our lives are going by so quickly and we're so focused on productivity and the things that we need to get done and the things we want to get done and our goals and our work and obligations to other people. It's so easy to <clears throat> ignore our feelings. <clears throat> and it's inconvenient, I think, to express our feelings a lot of the time because like maybe we don't want to start crying at work or in the dentist's office or like jump up and down really excitedly when you're just like at the library or whatever (laughs) but I think that like the more we squash down our feelings the like they're we're not really I don't know. It's not solving the problem. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to come back to bite you later, I think, if you're squashing them down. So I think some things that help me feel my feelings sometimes are music and art and finding, especially music, I think, finding music that sort of helps me access that part of me that is feeling a certain feeling like if I'm feeling sad or angry to find some song or piece of music that reflects that and listen to it and it really sort of intensifies those feelings and really allows me to feel them and process them a little bit more than I would do on my own sometimes I just do it on my own too Sometimes I don't need any help, (laughs) but just allowing yourself the time also to feel those feelings. Like if you feel like you need to be alone, give yourself some alone time. If you feel like you want to express your feelings with somebody else, then find a friend to talk to or a therapist to talk to or something. Yeah. So that's one idea I have. And Uh, then the, yeah. Do you want to No, add I was going to say that's so that's so important and something that I still struggle with so much, you know. Yeah, I, I do too. I from a young age I've always kind of programmed myself to be like um avoiding discomfort or pain or yeah. sadness, you know. Same. Um <laughs> and so I really need to train myself to rest inside those feelings more. So yeah. I think it's important. Because I really think it comes out later yeah. <laughs> if you don't express it in the moment. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> it's not fun. So, yeah, I'm trying to train myself to do that more and more. Yeah. And then one last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of maybe the untrendy side of self-care is the idea of ritual. And... I'm still working on this in my own life, how I implement ritual. But I think, I don't know, I think that we as humans can get a lot of value out of ritual. And I think that a lot of 
religious ceremonies and holidays were really maybe more so in the past or in some cultures than maybe where we're living now in the U.S. of this current state. Um, what was I trying to say? <laughs> Ritual ceremonies. I think, yeah, I think those things are really meaningful to us as humans. And I think that sometimes we neglect them. I was listening to something recently about someone was saying that at some point entertainment replaced ritual. Sort of when people started going to see entertainment instead of instead of participating in rituals and ceremonies with other people or maybe even by their by themselves and i thought that was really interesting and i i don't know i think this comes up both in daily rituals sort of little things that you like maybe your morning ritual or your evening ritual or your ritual for me i definitely have a ritual around my skincare going back to the idea of skincare and spa stuff and pampering and i think also rituals having to do with the cycles of nature that's something that I'm thinking about a lot and also cycles and events in our lives and just being able to mark and recognize those in a meaningful way I think it helps us process them again like our feelings process them as opposed to just like checking it off as now it's summer or now I did this thing and I'm done and just like moving on to the next thing yeah, so that's something I want to try to think about and implement more in my life. For sure. And I think rituals speak to the fact that we do need some stability in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. and I think they make us feel safe. They make us feel like we're depending on something um, and that we have something that we can depend on, you know, when things are going to be changing. At least we have this ritual. Yeah. So I think there's something to be said for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And just to finish up this discussion on self-care, I I just wanted to take a moment and talk about how we can determine what kind of self-care is right for us in each moment that we feel like we need self-care, especially because there is a lot of noise out there and people telling you kind of what self-care is or isn't. And I think that the way that we can determine what kind of self-care we need is to really take a moment to check in with yourself and trust that you know what you need. Because there, like I said, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people trying to sell you things, some of which is useful and some of which is not. And there's a lot of people writing about self-care and sharing about self-care on Instagram. And maybe those can be inspiration and ideas for your self-care. But all those people don't know what's right for you. And they don't know what's right for you in this moment. And I think different forms of self-care are right in different moments. Just because something worked for you yesterday doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you today. And sometimes your self-care needs to be more of a coping mechanism to deal with something. And sometimes it needs to be a way to process. And sometimes it's just a way to pamper yourself. Yeah. And I think it speaks to, we come back to this a lot, listening to your intuition. Yeah. Um, And recognizing that you know if you're questioning whether or not something is self-care if it makes you feel good and it helps you take care of yourself then it is self-care yeah and trusting yourself to know what's right for you yeah and it can be not traditional like some of the things we discussed today or when we had ella on the podcast a couple episodes ago and she talked about how snuggling with her cat is self-care that's right 100 valid too yeah but if you have really severe cat allergies that would not be a good form of self-care for you <laughs> know yourself so cheese beast don't do that my brother is very allergic to cats (laughs) so for our call to action this week we would love for you to tell us your favorite self-care trend or a non-trend. Um, 
And you can get in touch with us in multiple ways to let us know. We would love for you to share with us on social media. We've got a Facebook group where you can share with us. So we're on Facebook and Instagram at Never Boring Socks. And you can email us at neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Maria, do you have a quote for us this week? I do. So this quote is from... Do you know how to say this person's name? Is it Audrey Lord? Audra, I think. Audra? I've heard both. I've heard both. Okay. So. All right. There's a way to pronounce it on Wikipedia, but I don't, it's in like gibberish, you know? Right. Right. I don't know how to speak, whatever that is. Okay. So yes, I have a quote from Audra Lord or Audrey Lord, however you pronounce it. I apologize. I don't know how to say her name. Um, She's a... A feminist, lesbian, black writer, civil rights activist. And she wrote, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Mm. Which I thought was really interesting. I love her. She's so cool. She's so cool. (laughs) Especially like coming from a woman of color and especially someone whose sexuality is probably not accepted by a lot of people. um, I think she's right. Like it's a really radical political thing to do to to take care of yourself in those cases when a lot of people like there's a lot of systems and people that don't believe that that is a worthwhile thing to do and how she said it's self-preservation i think yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean it speaks to the fact that taking care of yourself is kind of making a statement and the fact that you're saying like i am deserving of self-care i am worthy of self-care i matter you know and when oppressive systems are telling you otherwise it's definitely a political act yeah yeah oh i love audrey lord yeah that was a good one thank you so much for listening this week and if you're enjoying the podcast we'd love if you took a moment to rate review and subscribe to us you can find show notes for this episode and for all other episodes at neverwearboringsocks.com We'd love to hear your feedback there. If you want to get in touch with us there or on social media or an email, let us know anything that resonated with you from this episode or from another episode. And let us know if you have any suggestions or requests for future episodes. Okay. Thank you to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, our audio editor and jingle co-writer and to our resident mandolinist, Martha Barnard. Until next week, creative souls, never wear boring socks.